What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. Thanks for joining us on a Wednesday. It is Premier League Wednesday. Premier League Wednesday. Going to take an update and uh, we'll look at the Premier League. What's been going on? Some of the good surprise teams, bad surprise teams. Top of the table. There's no futures out right now. I can't find any good futures, so we'll save some futures bets for another time. But uh, we'll just kind of take an overview right now of the Premier League and talk about some interesting stuff to go along with that. Uh, first things first, special thanks to Better Edge. Better Edge, uh, great new place to make sports bets. And I highly recommend anyone out there, whether you're brand new betting sports or you've been doing this for a long time, it's unique because Better Edge allows you to bet VIG free. It's the first of its kind in America that I know of where you can literally trade and exchange bets like it's the stock market. So instead of spending a house tax to bet at a sports book, you can now take one side of a bet, someone takes the other side, and it's VIG free. And everyone listening, mathematically, VIG free means risk free. That's what it's a, it's a synonym for. And if you can bet risk-free, it doesn't matter how long you're, you're betting for or how good you are. Your expected losses are literally $0.00 if you bet with BetterEdge.com. So everyone listening should go check it out. And you're not going to, you know, go check it out for yourself. See if you like it. See how different it is. And I'll give you something extra. Here's the promo code. Okay, promo code SHARP, all caps, S-H-A-R-P when you're signing up. And what that's going to do, that's going to get you 10 free dollars in your account. So sign up, get 10 free bucks, see how you like the process. If you don't like it, great, go back to your sports book. But something tells me you're going to love the way Better Edge works because you're betting VIG free and essentially risk free. So online, betteredge.com, that's B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com, promo code SHARP. And uh, I, I just highly recommend them. You know, it's the same process as any other sports book. We've got to sign up, verify your identity, you know, do all that good stuff. But it's no different. It's no harder. And once you get established, once you get involved, it's really cool. Uh, betteredge.com, B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com, promo code SHARP. All right, so on today's show, let's talk about the Premier League. Right now, um, interesting what's happening in the Premier League. And uh, Man City has pulled away. I've I've been saying it for a while that... Liverpool needed to do a couple things this offseason, or at least before the transfer deadline, bring some guys in, make some changes, and they haven't done it. It's just the same old Liverpool team, and that's not good enough this year. You know, there's so many other changes that happen. Look at a Man City right now who's in first place, what they did last year. Now, they came in second. It was a close race. You know, Liverpool ended up pulling away at the end. But Man City wasn't that far behind, but still, they retooled, got a whole bunch of new players, and now they look like a, a brand new team. And Man City is so far ahead right now, I've got them about 83% to win the entire league. They are up five points on the next best team, and they have a game in hand. So if they win their next game, they will be effectively eight points up in the table. Man City's first, Man United is second, Liverpool's third, or excuse me, Leicester City's third, Liverpool four, and Chelsea is number five. The reason why we go uh, top five there, uh, one through four are guaranteed to make the uh, Champions League next year, and then the fifth place team, and sometimes when in some years if uh, Premier League teams win, wins the FA Cup or something like that, but some years the five and six teams in the Premier League end up going to Europa. So if you finish at the top of the table, you know, you've got a you've got European soccer the following year. And that's what a lot of teams play for. But some things to keep in mind, some things to remember 
when handicapping at this point in the season in the Premier League. You're going to have a lot of crossover games. Today, as we're recording this show, there's the FA Cup being played. The FA Cup is a tournament in England. You have the Carabao Cup. You have a whole bunch of different competitions going on around league play. Okay, For, for those new to soccer, you know the, the Premier League games, that is league play in the league. And what you'll find is different teams have different motivation. You know, some teams who are so focused on Premier League don't give much effort or much to the FA Cup or other tournaments around the country. And sometimes if you're nestled right there in the middle of the league, you don't, you're not going anywhere, then you will put all of your eggs into one basket and, and really play hard in the FA Cup and other tournaments. So that's one thing. See what other team or see what these teams' motivation might be. If they have a reason to go all out, try real hard in these FA Cup games, things like that, then you should see mixed results based on whether it's league play or a tournament play, things like that. And that's going to be a big deal. So if you guys do want to bet the FA Cup or other tournaments, just think about what's the motivation for these teams. Do they have a reason to either give max effort or to not give max effort? And this can be reflected in these starting lineups. One hour before every game, check these teams' Twitter. They put it out pretty much 30 seconds after the after you know the 60-minute mark. Check Twitter, see what the lineups are, and you'll get a really good idea of what these teams' mindset is going into these tournament games. And that does affect Premier League play too, but it's more about playing outside of the Premier League. So that's one thing. The second is, at this point in the season, a Pythagorean-based approach is very reasonable. And what that means, what I mean by that, is... This seems very elementary, and it seems very, very old school to do something like this, but for those who don't have a great system for betting the Premier League, what a lot of you can start to do at this point in the year after this many games is use goals for and goals against. I know that seems elementary, but actually, it's a good starting point for a lot of teams. If you look at someone right now who is, let's say in, uh, oh God, this is refreshing on me, uh, Arsenal, okay? Or no, let's not use Arsenal. Let's use Southampton. Southampton is right now 12th. They've scored 29 goals, led up 37. Okay, 29 and 37. Brighton, who is 15th, three spots below Southampton, has scored 25, given up 30. Okay, so they've scored four less, given up seven less. What does that mean? You know, there's not a ton that goes in specifically to those numbers, but we can start to say, is a team overrated? Is a team underrated? If we look at the top 10 right now and see Leeds at 10th place with 38 goals scored, 38 goals against, and you look at Arsenal, who scored 27, given up 23, that's not everything. It's not said and done. That's not an overwhelming stat that you should only focus on, but it means something. And it means more for some teams than other teams, but we can start to use goals for, goals against as a good metric to our teams overrated right now. And to go a step further, we can use expected goals for and expected goals against for the same thing. And if you guys want a good expected goals website, I like two. I like uh, footystats.com, F-O-O-T-Y stats.com. And I also like, um, what's the other one I use? It's, um, oh God. Um, let's type in here Premier League XG. It's on the tip of my tongue. It's uh, understat. Yeah, understat.com. So those are both good. Expected goal 
you know, kind of metrics for the Premier League. But it's interesting because both websites will give you different numbers. Expected goals is not one known shared metric. It's not like RBI. You know, it's very different for every website. So um, I would check both, maybe come up with a good way to, you know, figure out if you like one website more than the other. Maybe you, you use a consensus, something like that. But uh, those are a couple websites that I do like for the Premier League. All right, so let's get to... Uh, some surprise teams, both good and bad surprises so far in the league. Good surprises first. We'll start off positive. And how can you look further than West Ham? You know, West Ham's had a great season so far. They're currently in, what are they, in sixth place? They look great. I mean, and I keep waiting for West Ham to trip up and do what Southampton did, to do what Crystal did. When these teams who I, you know, have a little bit lower rated are over are overperforming and exceeding expectation, it's only natural that through the course of the season, they will start to slide. And West Ham simply hasn't done so. They look strong. They don't seem to have that long, dull streak of bad play that a lot of other teams exhibit. And I think West Ham is deeper than I gave them credit for. I think that their entire manager staff is better than I initially gave them credit for. And, you know, David Moyes is right now up for coach of the month, potentially coach of the year in the Premier League, as he should be. Uh, 11 wins, six draws, six losses. West Ham so far looks good. And so I don't think it's a fluke right now. They're sixth. I'm not guaranteeing they finish top six, but right now they're a good surprise. And it's a uh, good story. What's going on at West Ham? Uh, uh, Leeds United and Aston Villa. I'm going to put both these teams in the good surprise category because I put Leeds and Villa right there in the same, kind of the same bin in terms of how I viewed these teams and where they are right now. Now, it is kind of funny. They are 9 and 10, respectively. Aston Villa 9, Leeds 10. So it's not overwhelming. They're not, you know, third and fourth or anything like that. But I had Aston and Leeds to start the season as below-average Premier League teams. I thought both of these teams would be fighting around the relegation zone, and they're not. They're right there, comfortable, middle of the table. Doesn't look to be, you know, like either team's going to be fighting for a European spot, but they're also not going to have to worry about relegation. So Aston Villa and Leeds have really surprised me this year, and actually... Leeds inconsistency is one thing because they do give up a lot of goals. They score a lot, but give up a lot. Aston Villa has been a huge surprise. When this when this season started, I, I quickly adjusted for Leeds. It's like, okay, I was off on Leeds, but Aston Villa took me a while and it took a long time for them to learn kind of how to work together with a couple of these new guys they got. But I'm impressed with what, with what they've done. So Aston Villa, Leeds, both very good surprises right there in the middle of the table. And... Um, why do I have? Uh, why do I have this team under good surprise? This is a bad surprise team. Yeah, let's move on to bad surprises. I've got three teams under this category, and we'll start off with the Southampton Saints because Southampton has slid more in these last few weeks. Let's see. Can I think of an analogy? Then, then a little kid on a sledding hill on a <laughs> on a snow. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. But Southampton's looked really bad. They've looked really bad. As a matter of fact, they've won one of their last 10 Premier League games. Their last 10 Premier League games. One win, three draws, six losses. At one point in the season, Southampton, just like West Ham, was around the top five, flirting with European soccer. All the fans were getting excited. Is this the year? And then they completely blow it the last month and a half. So 
I don't think it would have been fair to put Southampton in that category of top five, but for as good of a start as they got off to, I think that right now for being 12th overall, February 10th, only about halfway through the expect, you know, through the season, maybe a little bit more than halfway, but still, this is not a good outcome for Southampton. And I do believe that they got lucky early. Uh, Danny Ings got off to a great start, got some really improbable goals. And I think Ralph Hausenhutel is not this great manager everyone thought he was. I don't think he's terrible, but the idea that he's so, you know, turned around Southampton, this team has nothing to worry about, that's not the case. Things right now, I would almost hit the panic button. Things have fallen off quickly for Southampton, and it's not looking to get any better. You know, their next match, what are they? Are they on the road at, at, at the Wolves? That's not going to go well. That's the FA Cup, and then they got the Wolves, or excuse me, then they got the Wolves again, so back-to-back. FA Cup and then Premier League. So they go Wolves, Chelsea, Leeds, Everton. That's our next four games. It is entirely possible that in a week or two weeks, we're talking about Southampton being, you know, 15th, 16th. Or, you know, I don't think relegation is a possibility for them this year, but talk about a bad surprise and falling off. It's not good for Southampton. Uh, Tottenham. Uh, they're not doing great. I mean, I expect them to be higher than they are right now. I think they're currently, let's see here, eighth. Um, yeah. yeah, Tottenham's currently eighth. I mean, I, I see them jumping Everton and West Ham. I don't think it's too much of a cause for concern, but, you know, uh, no, no doubt Jose Mourinho expected more. And I do think that one thing that isn't talked about enough, and I know Christian Eriksen left last year. It's not some new departure or anything like that, but... This is a different team with and without Christian Eriksen. And I've said this for years. I, Harry Kane always gets the the headlines and the respect. And, and I know Harry Kane's a good finisher. But in terms of an overall all-around soccer player, Christian Eriksen was the best player on that team for years. And, you know, when he left last year, that's a hole they still haven't been able to fill. And I think that could be a big reason why they're underperforming this year. So Tottenham... Not a good, you know, start to the year, at least first half, but I think they'll rise. And then Arsenal, what the heck's going on with Arsenal? It's funny, I was reading an article, Mikel Arteta, their manager, he's up for Premier League Manager of the, of the Month for February, for January? Like, what? Because they went, I think it was 4-2-1, and one, something like that? I don't get it at all. I don't understand why he's getting praise. He should be on the chopping block. I thought their last their last couple matches, that they, they've look terrible. I mean, yeah, this whole idea that, hey, start of the new year, 2021, Arsenal looks good, and then they fall right back into their own mistakes. I mean, their last five games in all competitions, their only win was against Southampton, who we just talked about having a terrible, you know, they're in awful form right now. So, uh, Arsenal lost to, actually in that same five-game span, they lost to Southampton on the road. That's not a good loss. You know, they, they drew against Man U, they lost to Wolves, they lost to Aston Villa last game out. So things aren't good right now in our, uh, with Arsenal. And I would be very surprised if Mikel Arteta makes the cut and he's there for the rest of the season because if they keep doing what they're doing right now, it's not going to be good for the Gunners. All right, in my don't worry category, this is these are my teams where it may not be going well for them. Don't worry, things will be just fine. Team number one, Burnley. I know they got off to a terrible start. We're right again rele- around relegation zone. They'll be okay. Newcastle, 
terrible January, maybe the worst team in the month of January, they've got more more than enough talent to be okay. And Brighton, talk about Brighton Hove Albion right now. I think they're in 15th. They got nothing to worry about. They're talented. I love the style they play, and uh, no concerns to me for the Brighton Hove Albion Seagulls. So. What we're talking here is Fulham, West Brom, and Sheffield, all three teams at the bottom of the table. I think it's pretty much a, 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 a I'm not going to say sure bet. There's no such thing as a sure bet, but it's a very, very safe bet to take all three of those teams to be relegated at the end of the season. Again, Fulham, West Brom, Sheffield United, all of them have 15 points or less. Meanwhile, Burnley, who's the first team outside the relegation zone, has eight more points than Fulham. They've got 23. So no cause for concern for those teams. It looks like Fulham, West Brom, and Sheffield will be going back down to the Championship League after the season's over. Now let's talk about the Championship League really quickly. There is The Championship League is the tier of soccer right below the Premier League. So three teams every year who finish the bottom of the Premier League get relegated to the Championship. And the top, well... The top two championship teams automatically come up, and then there's a four-team tournament for the third team. So numbers one and two in the championship automatically get promoted, and then teams three, four, five, and six play a tournament. Right now, looking at the championship, three of the teams who dropped down from the Premier League this past season are in the mix to get promoted after this year's over. Norwich is currently in second place in the championship. They got dropped down last year. Watford is currently in fourth place in the championship. uh, They got dropped down last year. And then Bournemouth, AFC Bournemouth, is in sixth place. Uh, Again, those are the three teams that went down from the Premier League last year. Right now, the top six in the championship, aside from those teams, and I'll include them again for this uh, top six, Brentford, the Brentford Bees, number one. Norwich, number two. Swansea City, number three. Watford, number four. Reading, huge surprise this year. Reading is number five. And then AFC Bournemouth is number six. I know Bournemouth is going through some issues with manager. They had talked about bringing in um, oh, Chelsea's old manager. What's his name? Um, good God. Uh, my brain today fired Chelsea. Um, Frank Lampard. They talked about Frank Lampard possibly going there. I thought that would have been a great landing spot for him to go to Bournemouth, but it's not to be. He doesn't want to go, and they're moving on. So they're looking elsewhere. But right now, Jonathan Woodgate, the interim manager, he's done a good job. He's he's giving that ownership group a lot of reasons why they should think about keeping him as the full-time manager. He won an out-of-league game. They're 1-0 with him in league since he's come over, so he's done good things with, uh, with, with Bournemouth. But right now, Brentford and Norwich, if things ended today, would get promoted. And then my favorite would still be Watford of the four remaining teams to come back up. But watch out for Swansea. That's a, that's a stingy defense that the Swans have. And uh, AFC Bournemouth, you can never count them out. All right, so that is the championship right now. A little update on the teams from last year who went down. And uh, like I said, in the Premier League this season, uh, looks like the bottom three teams, Fulham, West Brom, and Sheffield United, all three will be going down. And that's no surprise for me for Fulham and West Brom. I'm really surprised about Sheffield U. You know, and that's how things can change one season to the next. Last year, Sheffield had one of the best defenses in the Premier League. This year, it's one of the worst. I mean, that's a one-season turnaround, and things don't look good for Sheffield. So uh, that's kind of the 
uh, update on the Premier League, and hopefully that uh, brings everyone up to date with what's been going on. Uh, looks like my iPad has died, so no outro music today. So for that, good luck. It's been a weird show today. Good luck. Oh, actually, before we get out of there, I have this written down. I have a conspiracy theory, okay? So it, that's the show. If you guys want to turn it off now, there you go. But if you want to hear my theory, I, I, I'm, I'm so upset with the ink companies. I think it's Canon. And maybe, maybe it's maybe a, I may have to come back and verify that one tomorrow. But either way, um, I've, I've been noticing my printer, you know, it's made, it's cleaning itself a lot more these days. And I don't know if you guys understood this. When it, when a printer cleans itself, it uses ink somehow. It like goes through and, and it takes a little bit of ink up every time you do this. I bet I've printed 30 sheets of paper since I've had my ink in my printer and it's out. And I'm sitting there today and it goes beep, 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 you know, out of ink and go, what the hell? I haven't, I haven't printed anything. It, just, it, it keeps cleaning itself. This is like a scam. It's, it's, a, it's a conspiracy. I'm, I'm serious about this too. I, I, I bet three times a week my printer's cleaning itself now using all this ink to do what? To do what? Maybe I need a new printer. Maybe that's it. But I mean, I, I'm just like, God, man. That's crazy. And and do you know how expensive ink is initially, like on on the to start with? So they're charging. How expensive? Let's see here. Expensive is printer ink. Because that's the thing is it's so goddamn expensive in the first place. Compared to other liquids, that's what comes up. In 2013, Consumer Reports found that inkjet found that uh, inkjet ink costs anywhere from $13 to $75 per ounce. Or, oh my God, the high end of ink costs $9,600 per gallon. Are you fucking kidding me? $9,600 per gallon. So that's how much you're spending on ink without it running out of, you know, cleaning itself and fucking scamming you out of printing off all these different pieces of paper. If I use the ink all, you know, and I'm, I'm printing all day and I'm printing all these different sheets, it's like, that's fine. Then I'm okay to buy new ink every fucking month, I guess, or whatever it is now, three weeks, it seems. But when I don't use it and it sits there and I hear the, hear the printer making these funny noises and it's cleaning itself and going through all this ink without me using it, what are we doing here? What the hell's going on? You know, I, I don't know. I had, to, I, 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 had to, I had to get that off my chest. I had to vent about that. I don't know what's, what's happening with the ink. If you're going to do that and clean the ink and, and run out of it all the time, make it cheaper, you know? Anyway, all right, that's it for today's show. I had to, I had to say that. I've been getting worked up about the, <laughs> the ink today. So, like I said, no outro music. The iPad is dead. It's dead. Uh, but uh, good luck. Whatever you guys have going tonight, let's hope you cash some bets. Go to betteredge.com, sign up, use promo code SHARP, start making some more money, and uh, we will talk to all you party people tomorrow on the Sharp Angle Podcast.